Welcome. Welcome to Champions for NorCal Kids, a podcast designed to highlight the great champions and work of the youngest members of our community in Northern California. Join us, First Five Shasta Director Wendy Dickens and First Five Tehama Director Heidi Mendenhall as we discuss topics that are focused on children ages zero to five and of course their families. Our goal is to inspire, empower, and cultivate a sense of community filled with hope and connection. Good morning, good morning. Hello, good to be with you. We are here with a special guest today. So exciting. Yes. So we, uh, Heidi and Wendy, are here with Rebecca Herber, who is a teacher by day at a local charter school and a nonprofit owner and gymnastics coach by night. Is that fairly accurate, Rebecca? Wow. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yay. Yay. I was a gymnast. So I think that, and I think Heidi, you did that uh, too, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Deep passion for gymnastics. Deep passion. <laughs> and I think that, you know, over time, uh, which we can talk about later on if we choose to, but, you know, sometimes gymnastics has gotten a tainted, you know, reputation based on some of the things that are in the news, but it can be such a wonderful experience and such a self-esteem booster for young girls and boys. And so I think it's great to have somebody on here who coaches and coaches out of the love of it and um, and teaches because the, there is a component of gymnastics that's really teaching um, and you have to know how to really do that in a way that's helpful to the self-esteem and experience of yeah. the child. So. So welcome, Rebecca. Yes, welcome. We're excited to have you. Yeah, no, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. It's very <laughs> pleasant and honoring. So thank you. So we, we, you know, sit down to think about who we want to bring on the podcast. It's always people who are really influencing both Shasta and Tehama County youth in sometimes in ways that go unseen. And so we asked you to be here because you really kind of took an uh, interesting journey to use what you have and do what you can. And I'd love to hear about your nonprofit and kind of how you landed there. Okay. So you already know, I love gymnastics and I love kids. So, you know, that's always a foundation. <laughs> that's, always um, a good, that's always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Anyway, I won't go down that trail. So, um, yeah, so honestly, so my daughter was doing gymnastics and I was coaching at the YMCA a long, long time ago when she was, she's 18 now and at Cal Poly. So, you know, proud mom plug there. Um, <laughs> but when she was like, I don't know, six months old, I think I worked at one of the local gymnastics places because it was like the ad in the paper was like, oh, someone that loves kids and loves teaching and is willing to learn. I'm like, oh, that is me. <laughs> so I went down there, got a job, super excited, had a couple years there. It was, it was really good. It was a good learning experience found out I don't love just doing it. I love teaching it. So my daughter and I and my son at the time kind of started this journey when we ended up changing over to the Y. And um, just we took it was just so fun because they we started the program. And well, no, let me fix that. The, when we entered the Y as volunteers, um, the program was like it had eight kiddos in one class. And after a few years, it had over 140 students and I, lots of classes. And I had, you know, assistants. It was just so fun. And people were doing tradeouts for their memberships because that was allowed back then. It was just super fun. So um, and then 
it, you know, leadership changed and, and then my daughter was interested in doing competitive gymnastics. So we're like, okay, well that doesn't happen here and that's okay. This is a good foundation. So then we, you know, found a place and that was super fun. But then I was never seeing my daughter because I would drop her off at school. She'd be there all day. And then she would go to gymnastics for hours and hours. And so I was just the lady that kind of woke her up and put her to bed every night. And I'm like, this, <laughs> this is not the relationship <laughs> that I want. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, I miss you. <laughs> So we just kind of have the way we do it in our family is we sit down and we just talk about things. We're like, hey, we do commitments one year at a time. And so in every February, we would sit down and just say, hey, what do we want this next school year to look like? What, is, what did we learn? What did we want to keep that we like from this year? What did we want to change that really is kind of hard to follow through on, but we're going to because we said we would. What do we need to fix? And um, one of the ideas that we ended up going with was that, you know what, let's homeschool so she can keep competing. And that way we would see each other. Because at that point, you know, the access to equipment and my own, you know, knowledge, I felt more comfortable teaching a third grade core education than I did competitive gymnastics. I'm like, okay. So, and my son was like, well, I want to homeschool too. I'm like, okay. So we just kind of dove in and did it. And um, we did that for, well, we ended up homeschooling all the way through 12th grade, pretty much took a little bit of, you know, my daughter wanted to go to Foothill for a, for a year just to, you know, get the feel for it. What is this like? What am I missing? And then she came back and, you know, that all worked out great. But as I began, after a year or two of her competing, I, sorry, I will get back to the point. I, I get on that rabbit trails, as you can tell. Um. So anyway, so then we, she ended up, she ended up asking me about a year or two after being a competitive gymnast. She's like, mom, I actually would like you to learn to coach me also. And I'm like, oh, um, okay. And at that point there was a gym in Anderson that I was good friends with the owner. I was like, Hey, would you just let us just use your gym? Cause I don't have equipment and at the Y and, and she's like, and then Andrea was her name there. And she was such a lovely person. She's down in Petaluma now. And, but she's just such a giver and so sweet. And she was, in my opinion, the, the gym, like we've got such good gyms here. Um, but this particular one stood out to me as being more character based. And so that really appealed to my heart. And so that's why I was like, oh, this is where I want to be. So and where I want my daughter to be, even though I was the one coaching her. So we did that for a year and that was super fun. But then my, you know, as is common to gymnastics, you, there's sometimes problem with the joints. So she had wrist surgery, but it didn't fix it. And so there was kind of a morning process there, but she still wanted to continue homeschooling and she still loved the sport. So then she ended up coaching at um, Andrea's gym. And, but then Andrea's gym through a series of, I don't want to say unfortunate events, but it is unfortunate for me, but it's fortunate for her. Um, she ended up, they ended up relocating to Petaluma, as I mentioned. So then we're like, oh my gosh, now our area doesn't, like it has such great gyms, but not one that's really focused on the people. It's very skill-based, which is great. Like that's good coaching, you know, to make it about the sport. But we're like, no, we want to make it more about relationship and about the people and about building good memories. And and so that's where we were like, OK, so we bought some of their equipment that they weren't going to be able to haul down with them to Petaluma. We started just getting on crazy. We're like, OK, piecemealing things. And then there's a cheers and a cheer gym that we were part of. We're like, hey, can we start a program here to see if it works? It didn't work. We met, didn't meet our goal. And so the end of the year, real quick story, <laughs> real quick is in quotes. Um, so she, the cheer gym was like, okay, if you can get a hundred students, you know, then we, 
our business will be sustainable and we'll move forward. I had like 20 <laughs> at the end of the year and we're like, oh. And so it was just cute because, you know, the owner of that, her name was Jesse, and she's like, okay, so I'm ready to, you know, disseminate all the equipment and figure out how we're all both going to move on because she was ready to stop and start her own family and all of this. And, and I was like, actually, I know we didn't, you know, meet our goal, but I'm willing to still continue because I'm really having fun. <laughs> so we just, that's when we were like, okay. And she had actually mentioned, because I helped her kind of run it also. So I had exposure to all the admin and the enrollment software and all of that. And so I was well, she really took me under her wing as a business owner per se. So that was nice. Um, so she actually was like, you know, once something that I wish I would have done is I wish I would have gone through the process of becoming a nonprofit because she was, it was a sole proprietor and she was taking a loss every year. And she's like, you know, if then if I could take donations and then we could, you know, she's like, uh, because she was reaching a crowd of people that couldn't, a lot of them couldn't otherwise afford the sport, which is also my heart. I'm like, oh, you know, as a child, I was in and out of gymnastics based on the fact that we couldn't always afford it. Right. So, okay, what do we need to do? So that's that what got me thinking of, okay, let's make this. And so we just took that time and we, we, I asked my, you know, one of my accounting friends, I was like, how do I do this? And they're like, well, <laughs> the paperwork's like an inch thick. So oh, yeah. good luck. Maybe you should hire someone. We're like, oh, okay. So we did, we hired someone. And fortunately I have heard that since then, um, cause this was, maybe five years ago um since then the process has gotten easier so if anyone does want to consider starting a nonprofit, you may or may not have to go through a lawyer i don't know i don't know you know anyone's savvy in that area but i hear they are trying to make it easier and more friendly to the layman people that are not <laughs> lawyers. so anyway so yeah we got that process going and i have to say i'm super glad we did because we we've launched we had to go through a portable program because we got it was long story short it's been quite a journey <laughs> But it's it's been super fun, and I'm we're my husband and I we're both addicted now. We're like, oh, we don't want we don't have time for this, but we don't have time not to do this. Like we don't have that in our heart, you know. Oh my so. gosh, that's a good quote. We yeah. don't have time for it, but we don't have time not to do it. Right, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think um, you know, I I wanna in a in a few minutes I'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the nonprofit and how people maybe can get connected to you either to donate or to be yeah. um, a member or whatever the case might be but um you mentioned something earlier on about you know a commitment uh it's one of the rules that i also have in my family like if you're gonna say you're gonna do it then you have to do the season so regardless of whether or not you're liking it in the middle of it, you're going to finish it out, right? Because of that commitment. So how important do you feel that is for you? I think it's very important because that's a big part of your character and who you are and are you trustworthy and are you going to do a good job? Can people depend on you? Because it does. Everything we do affects somebody, whether it's subtly or significantly. So yeah, I think people's word are very important. Yeah, I, think I mean, I, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I, of course, I'm always thinking devil's advocate things in my head. There, there are times where, okay, we made a bad commitment. <laughs> we, mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of saying, oh, wow, well, because I said this, even though it's a really not great thing to do. Well, okay, so in that situation, I would go to the person and say, you know, is there something else we could do instead? Because this was not the healthiest choice that I made when I made this commitment. So yeah, let's back up. Retrospect. Retrospect, Yeah, but you can't just stop because you don't feel like it. Like, that's not a thing. We don't do that. That's not being responsible or kind. Come on. Right. It's about teaching kids specifically how to stay, stick through something that's hard. 
but also how to have healthy boundaries and healthy commitment, right? So it is about a learning process and you don't want yeah. them to stick to something that is in the end harmful to them or to the others that they're working with, for sure. I think that's great. Yeah. It's a wonderful point. And I, you know, oftentimes though, I think parents will, as soon as their kid gives a little bit of a sign of distress, be like, okay, well, we don't have to do it anymore. Um, which, you know, when the tough is tough and you don't start to work through that as a young kid, it's going to be harder for you to learn that as an adult. And you're going to shift from different jobs to different jobs, not because you want to learn something new or because there's a new opportunity, but because you just can't hang in there. And that's not necessarily in their best interest either. And really, you know, of course we focus on zero to five, but that's true for young children. And they start off like that, right? Like when they're walking, they don't just quit. They don't just quit they learning the one they falling. keep trying yeah. and falling and doing it and picking themselves up, yeah. right? I think, well, and so the physical aspect, the physical development aspect, the physical activity aspect of that is really powerful, right? So we, a lot of times, I think we can try to do hard things with our bodies before we can commit with our character and soul. Right. <laughs> in, in young ages, right? Three, four, and five, can you see them start to learn to ride a bike or start to learn to climb that mountain or move that large pile of mats that Mr. Becca asked them to, right? And they trip and fall five times. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I just I think that physical development trial and error can really contribute to that. Yeah, I think it's so important when you're talking about gymnastics specifically, there is a commitment there because you are doing hard things with your body. And of course, you know, if you start off younger, those hard things come a little bit more naturally. It's all a part of that brain development that we talk about. It builds a neural pathway into your muscles, but it becomes mu muscle memory. We talk a lot about muscle memory and about how you build that into your life when you're le learning a new sport or learning a new technique. And, and when that old adage of phrase, it's like just riding, it's just like riding a bike. It, you may have not done it for years and years, but you know, although I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know that I could do a back bend right now. I'm just saying, I don't <laughs> care how much muscle memory that I have. My high flexibility has pretty much, you know, you know, as you get older, if you're not doing it, that's, you know, yeah. it kind of goes away. I've got, I've got about eight inches of hardware in my back that doesn't let me back bend right. anymore, but yeah. I can still cartwheel. Yeah. Uh, and my joints don't like it. I just located my elbow doing gymnastics. So, you know, my, my elbows are like, whatever, don't be putting pressure like that on me. You're way too much. You know, anyway. Well, and that's, what's funny about gymnastics is because you're right. Like as we age, we're not going to be able to do those same tricks, but the grit and the mental work ethic that we can learn from the sport, it, that doesn't go away. Um, right. Yeah. Such a great point. It's interesting in your story, Rebecca, that I just loved hearing parts that I didn't know about was this like kind of thread of um, that reevaluating commitment and thread of like, well, we said this, but we learned this. So let's think about what we really want and move forward. I love that conversation. Yeah. I just think that's a great respectful way to approach things. And that you knew it wasn't working the way you wanted it to for your family, but that you also wanted the joys that were being brought by doing gymnastics to be maintained. And so finding a solution for that was yeah, yeah. Um, together as a family, having and, a family discussion. Exactly. And how easy yeah, it no, was to just say, well, we didn't meet our goal, so it's okay. Let's try something different, right? right. But to really do the searching of like, what did we want to our impact to be? Where, where did mm -hmm. we want this to go? And um, you know, that you wanted it to be around a character base and, and skill that. base together, I think is so, so powerful. Can you share a little bit about how that might look like, yeah. what does that look like for when you're teaching, when you and Eli are teaching the three and four-year-olds, what does that, you know, sound think, and feel like? Yeah. Cause that is such a great 
thing for people to understand like there is a difference just teaching a skill as opposed to helping them build that character or you know all of those pieces and parts we want them to be as adults so yeah what does that look like gosh there are so many stories that are flashing through my mind to try to pick <laughs> one it is a little challenging um Duh. Okay, so we'll go with we'll go with the girl on beam because beam is one of the scarier ones. You know, you're up high; it's less than four inches wide, and it's like, oh my gosh! And you know, a little bit of fear is a healthy thing. Like it keeps us safe. I don't want to drive off a cliff. That's not a good idea. <laughs> However, there's some really super fun things you can do if you're brave enough, and it's so worth the, the courage. You know, so I feel like a lot of it is the power in the words and your willingness to meet the child where they're at. If I have a child that I know in my head, they can walk across that beam. They are perfectly physically capable. But if they're still in a place where they're convinced they cannot do it safely and they're gonna fall and hurt themselves, well, then I need to help them not just by saying, hey, do this, get on there, come on, stop messing around. That's not, that's not, that's just them obeying me out of more fear. That's not them embracing the confidence of, oh, maybe Miss Rebecca's right, maybe I can do this on my own. Because that's really, if we can get them to see that they're able to do it, that's how I wanna talk, that's what I wanna encourage. And so I'll give, well, how about, can, and I, I'm big on negotiating too. Can, can you give me just two steps? Can you give me, you know, can you give me one step? <laughs> I don't know, you know, okay. Okay, I'll give you one finger. Okay, I just one finger. So <laughs> it looks like respecting them as their own person and knowing that they are in charge of their bodies and I'm not there to, to force them into doing something. This is something that they have. And I know because their parent tells me, all they talk about is today gymnastics, is today gymnastics. I know they want to be there. And I know they want to be able to do this stuff. But when the fear gets in their way, they start to doubt. And yeah. so it's a matter of just giving them that affirmation of, okay, I know you can do this but I'll be there for you until you see that you can do it. But I'm also also trying to push that envelope just a little at a time. Okay, just give me that one step, honey, you can do this. And the way they light up when they're able to and they decide to trust me, they're like, oh, I did it, Miss Rebecca. That was so, did you see that? Mom, did you, mom, dad, mom, you know. Love that excitement. I yes. know, it's so awesome. Yeah. You, this is such a great, I, you know, it just makes, it fills my heart with joy. I know, I'm like furiously writing down these quotes, like a little bit of, Fear is a good thing, but totally. the, the world opens up. It's so much fun to do things when you can get past some of that fear, right? right. Oh. Yeah, I, I think, you know, sometimes I do tell my children, um, you know, maybe I needed a little more fear as a kid, but I think <laughs> the point, you know, is that um, one of the things is if you have a child that you say is fearless, then get them into a sport that requires they start to look at that fear a little yeah. bit more because yes, it also exactly. reigns it in a tiny bit. And yeah. then they're, you know, they're taking risks in a healthy way right like we want kids to take risks but we want them to see that there's a healthy way to take those risks mm -hmm. and that you can develop those into something that's enjoyable fun and even if you don't go as far as competitive gymnastics you can definitely still have a you know a heart and a love for a sport uh and or for something that can create you know that's why we get so many yeah. fun activities like rock climbing and parasailing and all of those people who yeah. were a little bit less fearful in their lives took that stance but did it in a way that hopefully has created safety for some of us who have a little bit more yeah. fear right and it transfers to, to risk taking that's not just physical activity risk taking right, right. there are multiple uh, sliding door moments in my life that I can say, you know, I'm, I wouldn't have been brave enough to say, 
yes, I can try this if I didn't have the experiences as a kid. Specifically for me, it was around gymnastics, but just athletics as a child, giving you the the confidence to say, I can try. I can step over that beam and see what happens. Well, and another quick note, it's also, you got to give yourself and your kids permission to fail. Like, that's okay. It's okay to fall. It's okay to fail. We get back up. We try again. And that's what I valued the most out of gymnastics, right? You have to keep Mm -hmm. trying. And I think that when you're two and, and, you know, are just going to be two and you're learning how to walk and you keep falling that the Mm -hmm. desire to walk is so great that you begin to walk, right? Like you don't just crawl forever. Uh, But when it's something like gymnastics beyond that, it continues to remind you of that particular avenue in life. If you keep trying and, you know, no one's expecting perfection all the time. We're not all going to be, you know, some of us go to a lot of therapy to not expect perfection, (laughs) but that's that's true. (laughs) You should have seen me trying to clean my porch the other day. Oh, it's always a process. It is a process. It's a very much, very much a process, but I mean, you know, it just yeah. helps people remember, like, keep trying because the more you try, mm-hmm. the better you get, the more capable and falling is falling and dusting yourself off and getting up is all a part of the journey throughout life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Sure. So nonprofit world, how is it treated? Yes. 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 Tell us a little bit more. Fabulous. Actually, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, because I already mentioned, you know, my own, in my own childhood, it was difficult to afford the sport. And so being able to be a nonprofit allows us to not pay our, our workers and not that I'm wanting to take advantage of people or be like some sort of like slave driver thing. Like that's not (laughs) my heart at all. Like everyone needs to survive. I want that, but I like the nonprofit in that it allows us to be volunteers and part of what I like about being volunteers is that it gets people that are there because they either really just want to do something with their kids or because they love the sport or maybe both. Um, And because at first, when we first opened, I I did receive a lot of emails. Hey, I'm looking for a job. And that's fabulous. And I, I love, especially in our culture nowadays that I, there are young people out there that want to work. Thank you. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, but I'm looking for people that this isn't just a paycheck. Like this is something they do because they love it because that comes across to the kids. Kids are very receptive as you guys know. So we, we want to be there because we want to be there. So I think that's a big piece of it. Um, I also think that, and, and maybe someday, you know, our, our board at the last meeting, we're like, you know what, your program has grown. We know this is taking a lot of hours. We, my husband and I are talking about, you know, cutting back on our jobs and the hours and, and commitments there to where they're like, well, then let us pay you. And we're like, oh, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know. So we may, we may not do the volunteer thing forever. I don't know. But I, I do know that it's so nice to be able to tell people, oh, gosh, if you love the sport, that's fabulous. Come on down. We would love you to volunteer. And I don't hear back from most people, which is so sad to me. But <laughs> um, yeah, so that's one piece of it. Another piece of it is that it does make it so, you know, we can keep our fees low, which is why, which is what, you know, generates the need for, for the lack of employees, because that would change our whole fee structure. Um, however, 
I also like the fact that we are open to donations and because that, that helps. Like we had a, one of the moms last year, she cooked dinner for everybody and sold the meals and donated the, all the proceeds to the gym. And we were able to buy more equipment. And like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, Merry Christmas to I gym. We've got a stall bar, um, the benefit yeah. dinner that mom did. And I'm like, like, wow, that's so cool. And I think that's one of my favorite things not to get, you know, too off from the question, but I love that having a nonprofit that allows people to give in the way that they're able to. I have a mom that she doesn't want to coach gymnastics. She's like, I don't know the first, no way you, you do that. Although I do have moms that I love Miss Heidi coming in and sharing her passion and her experience too. But this mom, she is amazing in the kitchen. I am so not. So I'm like, wow, I admire you. And she cooked like she, that was the best meal I had all month. Honestly, I was like, this is way better than anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The space people can give what they have. And you know what I'm hearing is community. I'm hearing community. (laughs) And so that just makes it so much better and stronger for the family that are involved in this, right? And really, you know, when we talk about strengthening families, we're talking about connectivity. We're talking about having somebody you can rely on. I'll bet you any one of those parents could call one another and say, hey, look, I'm having an issue with little Johnny and he needs a X, Y, or Z. Could you help me out in a minute? You know, um, and and they're gonna be there, right? Like, so that's a part of building. It is. And that's a part of what we hope to like infuse in the whole community and you have it in your little area, which is so no Community is huge. Yeah, for sure. And there are things that you might not even think about. Like, so um, I am a member of iGym, my seven-year-old. And now my three-year-old gets to take classes. But for the last two years, she wasn't, right? So she was just there. But she felt like she was a part of it because there's an area for her to be. And there's materials for her to play with. And then she would connect with other little ones that were in the lobby area. And so mm-hmm. there is this opportunity of safe connection that it. builds community outside of the classes. I love that. And, and look at the lifelong friendships you develop through certain pieces and parts. And this is one of those arenas that, you know, when somebody's 70 years old talking to their grandchildren, they're going to talk about, right? Like, it's just, you know, the feeling that you get from there. And it is different than just, I mean, not that even in competitive and those gyms that have just based performance, they still find a way for camaraderie. But I feel like it's different when you have a place you go and you feel like it is your family. You have meals there, you're eating with each other, you're, you're, you know, building a community within that organization so that people feel supported, feel like they can be safe to express things. Um, you know, I just, it's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. So I want to I go back to two points really quickly. One, if somebody's listening, they have a passion for athletics, gymnastics, community children, can they connect to volunteer? Yes, please. iGymReading at gmail.com. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, put that, we'll put that in the in the show notes. We can get emailed out. And then is there other ways of volunteering or connection that we haven't already talked about that you would think that, oh yeah, I want to make sure folks know that this is something they can do to connect with us. Oh, for sure. So yeah, as far as volunteering, I mean, everything it takes to running a business, somebody could help man the front desk and and I could tell them the answers to frequently asked questions. Someone could come in and help with the cleaning. Someone can come in and just help move mats. Someone can just kind of help herd the three and four-year-old cats that we try to teach. You know, (laughs) 
so yeah. much that has been done. Because it's a great opportunity for early childhood students, really. You know, if mm-hmm. you're a student at Shasta College and thinking about getting some hands-on experience, that's a great opportunity. Totally. For and then sure. the other, you mentioned low cost, which it is, and that is so valuable. And you actually even do a lower cost if you're volunteering on a very mm-hmm. consistent basis, right? Yes. What about scholarships? What about sometimes low cost is not enough. No cost is what's needed. <laughs> Right. No. So we do, we have a modest scholarship fund. Um, and then we do have an application process. So I have given out one whole application so far. And I'm like, okay, this is a start. We have this money and, you know, we just, it's just money that we get, whether from, um, you know, Amazon smile donations or people recycling their printer ink or, you know, just little things here and there. That's real easy to do. Cause I'm not, I'm actually not big on fundraising, believe it or not, which sounds kind of <laughs> weird coming from a nonprofit person but um but that's just not not my thing so uh, there you go another volunteer opportunity if you love fundraising let me know (laughs) no i'm just teasing actually because i want i want to be about the people not just about raising funds but um so what was your question i just got off track no that was perfect well i actually wrote down one other thing is you can give us your amazon smile link so we can know to connect through that and then if there is somebody listening that does not have um, any yes. means to pay any sort of tuition, they could contact you for the scholarship application. Yes, we have. A, yes, and it is an it's a blind um, selection process through our our board. So we just take it to the board. We don't disclose the name. We ha- we just give them the application, and then they make that decision. Is that so the other piece that I just want to let you know is that First by Shasta often gives scholarships for things too, or if you're teaching a very uh, three and four, um, predominantly Shasta County youth, um, but even if there were some Tehama County, we're not going to necessarily know that. Um, but the, <laughs> we share county lines. We share yeah. county lines for the most part. Anyway, but it, we often also have what we call good neighbor grants, or we have in it if you need equipment that fits for that age group, or if you want a special class to be taught. Um, and you need some money for that class specifically, um, that might be an avenue you look for or have somebody oh, in you. nonprofit yeah. look for. And, you know, just to remind you that, that those come out and you're welcome to apply. Um, we go yeah. through a competitive process as well, just to make sure that we're spreading our funding out as far and mm-hmm. wide as possible. But, you know, I think this is one of those programs where it's helping establish physical activity. There is so much learning and connectivity mm-hmm. that's happening. And it's just a little different than how we support our other early child childhood education sector. And it's important. It's another arena for families to go and help kids stay active because that's the other piece I think sometimes lacks in families is that activeness that needs to be there well beyond the age of five. And, you know, sometimes that can be done if you're learning a sport, right? Like, so if you're you know, really involved in a place that cares about you and is showing commitment to you, you're often going to follow that even if again like you don't get to the next level of a competitiveness the health habits start developing even at two and a half right, right? That, exactly. that move to learn starts developing so those health habits are those foundations that are built early on affect us through life for sure for sure so I, I know that we have to start wrapping this up yes. and we do something called the um last five final five what do we call it uh, the first five. The I, first don't five. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're going to ask you five questions. Five for five. five for- <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so what is your favorite children's book? Because we're all about reading. 
Oh, wow. I, I should have given that some thought. Um, no, it's, it's different. What is my favorite children's book? So you're gonna have to edit out like three minutes of me thinking. There's, I love children's books. Get, throw out some titles because my mind's going blank. Uh, oh, no, The Giving Tree is probably one of my favorites. So fitting. I do love that one. Yes, Yay. that's a great one. I yes. love that one yeah. too. All right, favorite children's song. Wow. Such good questions, ladies. <laughs> I'm going to have to give you a generic answer on that one. And anyone that makes you want to get up and dance. Oh, I like fun. It. Yes, Move your they body. are. Move your body. Move your body. Yep. Do you have a favorite uh, leadership book or kind of self-growth book that has helped you on your journey? Uh, well, I don't know if this is allowed on the podcast, but the oh, Bible is the word that the 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 life is based on. Here we go. <laughs> so no, that's, that's, for you. that's lovely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Next. Um, your let's go with your favorite way to spend. This is going to be see, ah, your favorite self-care. Ah, okay. So this might surprise you because this is, in my opinion, a little bit counterculture. Um, but this is based on the book that I just referenced. So here we go. Um, so we actually will, we turn into pumpkins on Saturday. We refuse very intentionally to not work on Saturdays. And there are so many opportunities for birthday parties or helping people move or getting together. And at first it was really, really hard to say no, because people are like, well, it's just one time. Well, yeah, but my life is full of people that need me just one time. And it's not just one time. You know what I mean? It's ongoing. Those needs, they don't go away. So having the discipline to take a full day off and spend it with my husband or with the Lord and, or in just self-care, it keeps me going. I, I, we would have burned out by now. I mean, yeah, that's just those boundaries are, that's an amazing, an amazing example. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, your favorite song now, like what's in your playlist? Oh, well, let's see. I have my phone. I've been really into podcasts lately. I don't know if it's just being on my mind, but I haven't even been listening to music, which is so like new. I feel like I'm if growing up. Narcal kids, I bet it's the top number yes, one. Right? Podcast, of course right? it is. <laughs> so favorite song. Wow. Um, well, I like a lot of the contemporary music, uh, contemporary Christian music. I also like some of the throwbacks, like, you know, a good Louis Armstrong song once in a while feels pretty oh. good. Um, <laughs> gosh, just, I love variety. I don't think I can have a favorite. I'm sorry. I'm kind of like okay. cheating on these questions. I don't have a favorite kid, you know, everyone's, everyone's I don't either. People always say, oh, kid. you do. You have a so favorite. Special. No. I don't. <laughs> I've had favorite kids. I've taught before. Right, 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 I'm not right. going to be above that one. Right, right. <laughs> there are times in your classroom you yes. have a little, there's one that just hits the heart. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, thank you for indulging us yes. in that. We are all about yeah. talk, read, sing, and establishing those foundations. So, you know, realizing that they also are a thread through our adult life is fun. For sure. For yes. Sure. No, and I, I really appreciate you guys bringing me on and, and continuing to do what you do, fighting the ghost fight for those little guys. So thank you for your contribution to the community and, and of course to IGMS Heidi. So thank yes. you so much, ladies. It was a pleasure to meet you. 
Pleasure to meet you too. And thank you so much. And for the listeners, please make sure you check out all of the links that will be provided in the bio and um, make sure that you check out iGym. And if you want to donate um, your time or funds or equipment, I'm sure it'll be well received. So Mm -hmm. have a great day, everyone. And thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to check out the links in the podcast or go to our websites, www.first5shasta.org or www.first5tehama.org for any additional information, resources, or needs. You can also directly email either of us, Wendy at W-D-I-C-K-E-N-S at F-I-R-S-T-5 S-H-A-S-T-A dot org or Heidi at H-M-E-N-D-E-N-H-A-L-L at F-I-R-S-T-5-T-E-H-A-M-A dot com. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and you'll join us again. Remember, it only takes one person in a child's life to make the difference in building resiliency. Will you be that person? <laughs>